Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Love Pod 16, the only Love Pod named after Ivan Campos' squad number in his early years at Bolton Wanderers. It's the 22nd, it's Monday night. We're coming to you 24 hours late due to a technical hitch, which is otherwise known as my somewhat chaotic Sunday. Um, I'm joined by Tech Wiz Dan. Dan, hello, how are you? It's been a hectic last hour or so, <laughs> as we've just been discussing. We are. We won't bore everybody with the details, but on a scale of 1 to 10, number 1 being uh, Batman Forever and number 10 being Batman The Dark Knight Returns animated series, how excited are you for Arkham Knight tomorrow? Hey, I'd say so. T- 11, because, mate, I can't wait for it. I've pre-ordered it because, you know, my other job. Um, the dude who reviewed it, like, gave it, said he'd re- give it 11 if he could have done so. I can't, can he wait? Phenomenal. Thanks, 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 for making that, thanks for making perking my mood up a little bit. Well, you know, as as I said to you uh, when we were talking earlier, and I'm I'm here to make you guys look better. And if that means talking about wrestling and Batman computer games, then I'm all for it. Uh, I'm also joined by Super Tom, also known as Down the Manny Road on our website. How are you doing, mate? Uh, not too bad, Chris. Not too bad. Back by popular demand, I believe. Yeah, well, uh, there was certainly only one of us who was expecting you to come back, and that wasn't me. So welcome, Tom. We'll make you feel uh, welcome as ever. Uh, and making his debut tonight is Eddie. Eddie's one of our newer writers on the site, but he's made his presence known and made his presence felt lately with some excellent pieces. I'm sure you've all seen them. Eddie, how's your Monday night for taking on? Hey, it's not too bad, thanks, yeah. Brilliant. Oh, good stuff. Well, it's good to have you on board um, and all the usual guff we give people when we're talking to the face. So, it's been uh, another relatively quiet week in the world of Bolton Wanderers, but that doesn't mean that us at uh, Line of Vienna are going to sit on our hands and do nothing, because basically because we made the tall promise at the start that we were going to do this every single week, and we're going to stick to it even when we've got nothing to talk about. But we do have a little tiny bit of news, um, and I think the 24-hour delay hmm. in the pod coming out on Monday rather than the Sunday has probably done us a little bit of a favour, really, because there's been a bit of news breaking today. We have made an agenda, but I'm just going to take it the first segment in, in reverse order a little bit, just because I'm going to talk about the most recent bit of news first. Um, there's a story on the Daily Mirror website about an hour ago, um, an hour being about half past eight, that Wanderers are interested in Spurs' American fullback DeAndre Yedlin on loan, uh, former Seattle Sounders um, and obviously United States men's national team uh, fullback. Uh, Eddie, we'll start with you. Uh, do you know anything about the lad? And if so, do you think he'll be a good fit at Bolton? Uh, well, he was uh, one of the standout players at the World Cup, I thought, last year for, for the USA. And yeah, that earned him a, a big money note move to Spurs. And obviously, it's not worked out so far because I don't think he's made his debut on it. I don't, I'm not sure. Um, He's played once, I believe, but only once. OK, but, and then, yeah, they've signed Trippier now for three and a half mil, I think. So, yeah, um, I mean, I reckon it'd be a cracking signing for us because well, any right-back will be great because we haven't got one. I think any signing would be great for us. Tom, where do you stand on it? Uh, quite pleased, actually. Uh, how true it is, I'm not sure, but it's definitely a position we need to strengthen in. Thinking about it, in, in, in the MLS, they, they seem to get paid very, very little. I remember Ream was was paid pittance before he came to us. So I can see financially he's not going to be on too much money either, which is the the, the big elephant in the room with every rumour that we're linked with. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's one to get excited about. I think so too. I mean, full-backs have struggled out, hasn't it, last few years? I mean, from the from the dark days of Greta Steinson it right back to the most recent times that I've, I've been forced to play Baptiste out of position or even... Uh, most recently, Josh Veller as well, Dan. Um, I think that we can only be positive about this news. I know there's a bit of competition for him in the shape of Derby. You're probably going to throw twice as much money at the player in the club than we could afford. But you'd expect that if he signed for Bolton to be first choice every week, you wouldn't you say? Without a doubt, because I've I just come back in from work and I instinctively checked the website just to see what was going on. And then I saw, saw that at the top of the page. I was like, 
What? No, that surely can't be right. Oh, he's been like linked with Norwich and you know Premier League teams, and I think he's that Premier League quality. He's not exactly, apart from the World Cup, I've not seen him play at all. So I don't know how if he could sustain the great form he showed in Brazil over a season. But so maybe Premier League team might you know not be as interested. But I'd snap their hands off of when. We've not had a player as fast as him in since Sturridge, I'd say. And, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's a very um, good player. We've seen Lennon likes to. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we've seen that Lennon likes to play with wing backs as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll come back to you on that one. So do you think it wouldn't even really necessitate a, a formation change? But then it would also allow Josh Feller to play in his proper position, which I think we'd all be in favour of. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be good to see him in the midfield because when he uh, was pushed there, like in the game against Brighton, he worked well with Cuff. Yeah, it'd be better to see because that's where he, his natural position should. Yeah, be able to flourish there. Definitely, I think we're all in agreement on that one. Um, the next player linked with the one with Wanderers uh, this morning, I think that news broke, was about um, Chris Maguire, yet another Sheffield Wednesday striker, but one who's slightly more uh, more prolific and slightly less inclined to spend time at Your Majesty's pleasure, uh, Tom. Do you know anything about Maguire? And if so, can you tell us all about him? We're all ears. What do I know about Chris Maguire? Uh, he's slightly <laughs> he's slightly better than Gary Medine. He can play on the wing rather than up front, so he can play in two positions. And he is not prolific at any, and again, at any, at any level he's played at. Few years. We've not had many prolific yeah. strikers since Anelka, you'd argue. That's true. I mean, if it was if it was Maguire or Medine, then it's, it doesn't seem like too much of a bad situation. But if it was both, then, then I'd be disappointed. Yeah, I mean, um, Dan, to come to you next on that one, Maguire is not a new name on people, obviously, because we've, uh, we do have our, our ears to the ground slightly when it comes to championship footballers. But he's not... You know, he's not a sort of stellar marquee signing to, to borrow a phrase from uh, from other leagues, is he? No, I, I to be honest, I had no idea who he was, and apparently he scored against us last season, so it proves how much I care about this godforsaken league. No, um, his record isn't too bad. I think Mark Isles tweeted he had 18 goals in the past two or three years, which is probably probably is quite prolific by our standards, really. But it's just another not very. Inspiring signing if it does come off, and I know, like I've said before, beggars can't really be choosers in our current predicament. But it's like I've just I've got a, I'm a bit apathetic about our signings now. I just want to see some whoever they are. Yeah, we're getting towards we're six or seven weeks away from the first game of the season, something like that. I think the time's come to uh, to start making some inroads. I suspect that when we hit the first of July, we'll, we'll probably get uh, Amos and Medine announced. So that'd be two out of the way of Lennon's half dozen. There was an interesting story up on the, the club website. I don't know if you guys noticed it earlier on in this week where Lennon was talking about the club being in a, in a particularly good place in terms of transfer negotiations. Um, we did get a bit of a tip on, on Twitter. that I, I didn't publish too much, but that uh, that article was actually written, that interview sorry, was taken six weeks ago. It wasn't up to date, so I think the club are trying to, trying to mitigate fans' unhappiness a tiny little bit there. Um, but are you starting to get a bit concerned, Eddie, that, that we haven't brought anybody in, at least officially as yet, when, when all our rivals around us, and even the Premier League teams signing our players, seem to be doing the opposite? Yeah, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say I'm worried. I, it's just, I think, with the financial restrictions we've got, I don't think we can do too much. And um, I, I know we've signed a couple of players already that we've not announced, but uh, it, it, I mean, it's slightly worrying that we've, we've not done anything really, but... Um, yeah, we, there's not really much we can do with the hand we've been given, really, financially. No, uh, and that comes on to my next point, and, I, and I'll ask that Tom this question of you. Um, the Kuipers, Nick Kuipers, the Dutch centre half, the deal is apparently that, uh, that the, the, the pre-contract that we agreed 
was dependent on us also agreeing a fee at the end of the season, but the club have decided to pull the plug on that particular deal. Um, do you think that's indicative of the sort of signings we're going to be making in terms of freebies, loanies, weights and strays? It's, it's a strange situation, isn't it, the Kuipers one? I mean, it seemed like Lennon was quite keen and then I don't know whether it's finances or he's, or he's changed his mind, but you've got, you've got to say that regardless of, of, of whether we want him or not, it's, it's a smart move to have that sort of situation in place because the last thing we want is to be, uh, you know, if Lennon was to change his mind or finances were to dictate it wasn't a good move for us, then, then we'd be stuck with him then uh, as of the 1st of July. So it's a difficult one. And Lennon doesn't seem to give much away. Uh, even when he's even when in an interview somebody asks him a direct question about a particular player, he, he holds his cards quite close to his chest, doesn't he? So it's a strange one, that one. So it's, it's a case of wait and see what happens. It is with Kuipers. He's actually, apparently he's been like, he's yeah, actually coming I, in for pre-season training in here or something. So it was rumoured, it was like reported oh, on, oh, it was reported on a Friday that he'd signed a new deal with, I'm not even going to say the team he plays for, but the Dutch side, that he signed a two, new two-year deal because we'd passed on the opportunity to sign him. But then the next, the very next day, um, it was then said that he's actually coming in for pre-season training and a fee would be the same even if, you know, if he was out of contract or if he signed a new one. So I think, that one seems that is a really strange one. I think we might not. It might not actually be as dead as it first appeared. Really, mm, that's interesting. Uh, another one as well to to keep this moving over fairly swiftly was the uh, the Ser- Sergi Enric. Is that how we're going to pronounce it? Or I don't want to say Enrich. We'll say Enric. It sounds more continental. Um, but Eddie, this Spaniard, they've been linked with us over the whole summer. Well, that's in the end of the season, especially. He's got a decent record too, scoring the best part of one in. I think it's got one in three um, in the Spanish second division. I know. I know most of us would like to see a striker of any kind come in, but uh, a foreign fancy one like a Spaniard would be very welcome, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, he got 16 last season in the Spanish second division, so that's mm. double, double our top goal scorer in Fondo last season, so welcome. He's, I think he's fairly young, 25, 26, so we can get a yeah, good few years. Definitely, definitely the right sort of age. Yeah, I think as well, with, the thing is with signing players from foreign second division sides, you saw it with Wigan last year when they signed... Delort and the Spanish striker, who I can't remember the name of, but he got the oh, both. Oh yeah, was it Vieira? Was it? Yeah, oh, that's right. Vieira. Yeah, that's right. And exactly. they, they both came very highly rated, and they both didn't last six months at Wigan. And you know, and we all know where Wigan are now. So, Sergi Enrich does seem a bit more. And I am going with Enrich. I don't know. Sergi flaws better. Sergi Enrich. That's what I'm going through. I think I'll take I'll take issue with that at a later date. No, oh, okay. Well, if if he ever does come, then we'll have to have a fight to the death. But um. He, from what I've seen and what he looks, he, see, he seems to me as a very similar type of player to Medine, but obviously one who can score goals. You know, like a physical, strong striker. But so I, I would wonder if Lennon will look to bring two of the same type in, especially with Heskey presumably staying at the club. But like I said, if he's a goal scorer, then I'd you know I'd bite someone's hand off for anyone who can get a goal on a semi-regular basis. Really, definitely. There's been a few dissenting voices I've noticed in the last couple of days about the prospect of a uh, good Johnson staying on. With people blaspheming, basically saying they weren't prepared, they weren't bothered if he stays or if he leaves. I mean, I, I was a bit surprised at that personally. I think he's got the the experience and the, and he's still got the skill and the quality, even at 36, 37, whatever he is, to to contribute to the team. I'll come quickly to all three of you, get your opinions on Good Johnson. Uh, we'll come to you first, Dan, just to keep you on your toes and change things up a bit. But surely signing Good Johnson's a no-brainer. Yeah, and anyone who's like, I don't even get the argument in the slightest. It's just, 
Mate, just don't, we shouldn't even be breathing. We shouldn't even be putting oxygen on that particular <laughs> shitty fire because if he was gonna, he should be like you know the situation we had a few years ago when Knight was the club captain but Spearing was the team captain or whatever. That's right, the figurehead of the club. Yeah, I'd like that for Johnson to be the club captain and be first captain, but let's I don't know Ream be on vice captain pretty much. So whenever Good Johnson doesn't play, because he's what better fucking spokesman or, or representative of the club than him? We don't have anyone else, and just think if I think we have him for us one more season, then hand on heart, Iceland gets Euros and he retires, taking his country to their first major competition. I can't think of a more romantic way to just end a fantastic career, especially with the club who got it pretty much started. Very fair points, and I, and I guess that makes it a bit pointless coming to Tom and Eddie on that because I'm not sure how we could top that particular. Uh... That particular tribute. No, well said. I think we're all in agreement there. Unless either of you are, are, are of the opposing opinion. Uh, no. No. No, good, absolutely not. Good, 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 good. That's what I like to hear. So we'll just bring the first segment to a, a brief close there. I've discussed the transfer de- transfer news. Um, oh, one, that, one more that's just actually come to mind. I completely forgot. Uh, Nicky Hunt signing for Mansfield. You've got to give him credit. You can't, he'll, he'll be what? here at the end, end of time. Nicky <laughs> I missed Hunt. that one, yeah. Jesus after, Christ. After the, new, after the nuclear holocaust, there'll be cockroaches and there'll be Nicky Hunt still playing his, playing his trade for some lower division football club. So, uh, so good on the Daisy Hill Massive himself. Good on him. Um, okay, so we'll be back in a couple of moments' time just to discuss uh, the latest bit of news in Wanderers World, which is, of course, the impending arrival of the famous Bolton Wanderers home shirt. Bear with us. Back in a sec. Okay, welcome back to the second part of tonight's Love Pod 16. Uh, I'm still joined by Tom, still joined by Dan, and still joined by Eddie. Only just after us having several Skype problems tonight, including uh, one or two blue screens of death, which was a little bit worrying. But we're here, we're here, and, uh, and we're not going to let you down again, maybe. Uh, right, so we spoke about the transfers. Any, any interesting news in Wanderers' world, uh, of which there wasn't a great deal, but I think we made the best of it now. Having monitored Twitter a little bit this morning, I noticed about 10,000 messages exactly the same to, to Mr. Daniel Holker, friend of the show. When's the new kit coming out? Now, he's, he's very mysteriously posted that we can expect it to be this week. Uh, we can expect it to be this week as well for the announcement of the club's new sponsor with the Fiberlec deal having run its course. Uh, I think we can all agree uh, that Fiberlec's presence on the club shirt has been a source of particular pride to us. Um, Tom, would you like to just give us a quick rundown about Fiberlec and the products they... No, I won't make you do that. Sorry. I, won't, <laughs> I won't make you do that. Um, but generally, I've got no idea what Fiberlec are, what they do, but fair play to them. Right, so latest forum rumours, I know some one particular Bolton forum today, was that uh, Kia are going to be our new sponsor, which of course fits into some gossip a little bit of time ago about overseas uh, South Korean ownership, I think it was, if I'm right in thinking, they're a South Korean company. Um, Macron, of KLK, of course, are going to be returning to give us a bespoke kit. Apparently, it's not going to be a template, such as our importance to the Macron family. Uh, Napoli, West Ham, etc. And Genoa, I think it is as well. I saw a really good mock-up of someone. Uh, somebody put up like a bit of a, a bit of an accumulation of all three clubs' kits on there. It's absolutely ridiculous. It made my eyes bleed. I loved it. Um, but in terms of kits, I'm going to go to each of you, and I'm going to come to myself at the end. I want to know your favourite and your least favourite Bolton kit. It came from any era, any time, and I'm going to come to you first. Dan, favourite yeah. and least favourite Bolton kit. You go for no, it. I've not got much to choose from me as, you know, my 10 years. But before I start, I just want to say, we get linked with Kia as our new sponsor. I know it's we've not had many, too many new sponsors, but every time we've swapped to a new sponsor, mm. we've been rumoured with Kia. I, it may happen, but I doubt it somewhere, because it, it's literally every time. No, my favourite kit, I think... The away one in 2006, which was purple, 
That was lovely. Nice, nice. I actually really like both these, both this year's kits actually as well. To be honest, they're a bit plain and a bit boring, but they just you know st- um, nice. And I like, I love the history they had with them, you know, with the elephant on the back and the rose and all that type of stuff. Yeah, they make a nice change, don't they, from some of the stuff yeah. we've had recently. It just feels like there was a lot of care put into them, you know what I mean? Just a bit more thought and a bit more effort. So, And when when the Macron deal was next, everyone was enraged. I don't know if it was because the stadium changed from one corporate name to another corporate name or because of the bad reputation Macron off for the kits. But as last year, was both look, we'll ignore the, the green monstrosity. But last year's was good, and as my whisk it, it has to be between the green monstrosity of last season or the mustard yellow sports bra kit of a few years ago as well. Those two were particularly bad from my memory. And I've just got to say, before before we do one for next year, have have you seen Lazio's kits this year? Lazio's kits are gorgeous. See that one with the eagle on the front of it? Yes, how amazing are they? And that's Macron. That's Macron. That would be incredible. If we had something like that, I'd be buzzing my tits off, honestly. (laughs) <laughs> oh, actually, I do have one more favourite kit that I forgot about because it was quite before well, my time, but it used to be on a poster of someone wearing it, and it was the, it was white, but he had blue, he had both blue and red stripes going down it all the way. Oh, was that the the, the special hundred and twenty five year one? It might be. I have no idea. I just yeah, I saw but, it think, and I've loved it ever since I've seen it. We we only wore that once against Fulham at home, I think. But yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. And thanks, Dan, for taking away my answers of both uh, my favourite and least favourite one, forcing <laughs> me to think of another one there. So next toes. time, I'm going to I'm going to introduce a rule that you only get to have one of each. Thanks very much. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, would you want to go through your, your choices next? And, and feel free to uh, to duplicate Dan's if you've got a particular hatred or love for any kits. But, of course, if you do that, you're probably not going to come on next week for breaking the rules again. <laughs> After you. I'll stay away from home kits because there's been a couple of bad bad ones, but they, you know, they tend to follow the same sort of trend. My, my favourite one's got to be the purple 97-98 one. Excellent uh, choice. The first year back in the Premier League, that one. First it? year back. Nathan Blake wore a 3XL and he was still uh, bulging out of it. <laughs> and the, the, my least favourite one is the, that 2013, the infrared one. That was disgusting. Oh, yeah. The, uh, there was a particular name for that as well, that kind of red. I can't remember exactly what it was. Infrared, wasn't it? Yeah. Is it, it, was it infrared? Oh, oh, I hey, think okay. so, yeah. But it was like a fucking Irish jacket, wasn't it? Jesus. Oh, grief. You can't polish a turd, can you, with that? Fantastic. We have had some shockers, haven't we? Eddie, what, what do you, where do you stand on the kit debate? Uh, most and least favourite one? I'd say my favourite one was the uh, the like the navy and grey pinstripe one. The first time we was in Europe, was that was an excellent. Dan, that's my that's my all time favourite uh, favourite away Bolton shirt. That without a doubt. Yeah, when I was ten years old, I bought that with Juve on the back with a Euro badge on. So it's, yeah, that's been my favourite. And I've also got um, you know the one from the seventies with like the Umbro blue. Umbrella goes down the uh, Oh, yeah, that's a nice one as well. I've got one of them in my wardrobe. Least favourite, I would have had the one Dan said, the yellow training bra one, but I can't think of one. Um, well, that just goes to show there's that many to choose I'm, I'm surprised from. no one said the, the classic barcode, I'm sure. Most people. No, that was a bad one. That was a bad one. I think we'll open this up to the people of uh, of Twitter as well to come and give us your your uh, your most and least favorite Bolton shirts as well. I'll be interested to see whether there's some combining views on that one. I think for myself, my, my favorite one was gonna be that black and blue stripy one that uh, that you just mentioned, then Eddie. I think that's a classic kit. That and I did with Juve on the back as well. Great minds think alike. I think my least favorite one was going to be the um, the pissed yellow stained sports bra one which made it look like some kind of greater what's it called Manchester Evening News Arena steward nah, yeah. hopeless absolutely hopeless that kit but uh, but no 
I'm going to go with the. Oh, you see, this is this is a test now. I even like the yellow, the white one that we had on when uh, Hierro was with us. We had the uh, the white one with the plain blue pinstripe on the arms under the armpits. Mm. That was a classy one. Absolute min- minimalist me. The uh, the least the less glamour glitz or you know diamante studs on it, the better. Um, and that makes me happy having that kind of plain kit. So I do like the Macron ones. But yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll go with a bit of a controversial one. I'm going to go with the Blesmer green one from <laughs> this season. because Not yeah, because it's better. controversial, just because that's an absolutely minging colour. Fantastic cause, and I'm glad it raised a, a ton of money for a very well, uh, well-deserving charity. But good grief, that was an absolutely minging kit, wasn't it? Yeah, it I tell you, here's a question for you. Blue shorts or white shorts for the old kit? Mm, you see, I, I was always a traditionalist. I always wanted us to see... We should have red letters on the back of the shirt. I agree and we, should be yeah. wearing, we should be wearing blue blue shorts, but uh, I can understand the argument either way. Uh, the white one is, in, of course, is evocative of one of our fan of our first ever uh, glory campaigns of our existence. I guess when when Allardyce changed the kit, supposedly to match that of Real Madrid, which did coincide with a period of sustained success on the pitch. So I guess the man uh, the man that knew he was onto something there. But uh, Eddie, where do you stand on that debate? Blue or white shorts? I'd, I'd agree with you, Chris. I'd go blue shorts all the way. Tom? I agree on, on the red lettering. It has to be red. Preferably no names, but I think we're, we're past that stage, aren't we? But uh, <laughs> I, I, I'd, def- I'd go white shorts, yeah. See, I've often thought blue shorts as well. I remember when I was a wee and reading Match magazine and it said, like, Bolt- I don't know where, why it was in here, but I saw like a, a, a kit with Bolton wearing all the white kit and I was like, I don't like that. I, don't li- I, I like the contrast between shirt and shorts, the difference... So, like, the kit we got to the semi-final at Wembley and was class. That was a really good kit because it had the red writing on the back. It had the blue shorts, yeah. white socks. It might have even been hoops, which is a must for socks always. But I agree. I'm, I'm, changing my, I'm changing my tune now a bit, though, because I've seen when we... Was it Brighton away, maybe? Or oh, some away game later on in the season. Oh, Cardiff, I think it was, maybe. And we wore the all-white, and that looked so good, just in the sunshine, on the contrast with the bright, the bright green pitch. I think... I'd like us to go back to the all white for one season, you know, just for just for a change. It, it just goes to show what you're missing out on, doesn't it? When you have a couple of years away and you think you get a bit, I guess it's a bit of a metaphor for the Premier League years as well. You know, we all got a bit blasé and thinking, oh, let's have a bit of change. And the next thing you know, you, you're harking back to those days and wanting to relive them again when they've, they've long gone, they've long gone. But no, I think we've dragged out a bit of kit debate there for a decent amount of time. I'm not going to bother going to a break before we crack on with the next segment uh, because it's everyone's favourite segment. It's the responsibility, the brainchild, the only child that we know of, having been their father's day just passed, of, of one Daniel Murphy. Uh, right, we're going to play Guess Who. Dan, over to you. Do you want to just explain the concept quickly to those who haven't listened? Yeah, for those... If you haven't listened, if you haven't listened before, why not? Exactly. This is the talk of the town. Dan, it's all yours. I, um, Eddie, you may want to listen up just in case you don't know either. So basically, I should hope you do. You should be listening as a pristine member of our team. But if it's not... It's an absolute insistence of ours that you, you read every single article, you comment yeah, on every indeed. single article, you download every podcast three times and you, you leave it running overnight, replaying it on repeat so we get more view, more, more listen numbers as well. Exactly, exactly. So basically, as the game goes, I'm going to read out this week I've got one, two, three, four, five, six clues that allude to the identity of a former Bolton Wanderers player. You have each have three guesses to try and work out who it is. And once you think, once you've got an inkling, once you think you've got an idea, you've got to shout out your name and uh, tell me the answer. Pretty much it. So without further ado, let's begin. Are we all ready? Yeah, ready. Okay. Yep. Chris, you've got an undefeated streak you need to like maintain here. 
Hang on a minute. Let me just pause what I'm watching on telly. I'm going to concentrate on this bit. Who am I? I was born on the 3rd of February, 1967. <laughs> Ooh. I scored 219 goals, according to Wikipedia, in my career. Chris. Go on. Andy in- Walker. Incorrect. You are one, you are one guess down. Okay. I saw her out my career at non-league sides Cheltenham, Tamworth and Kidderminster Harriers. Tom. Go on, Tom. I've got it. It's the Moose Mixu Patalini. It is not. Oh, he, didn't score, he wouldn't score 200 goals if he were played until he was 60 year old. In. Come on. That's a good point. Oh, boy, yeah. I'm, liking, I'm liking the guesses though. This is good. This is good. Right. I initially joined Bolton twice on loan before signing permanently. Chris. Go on. I knew it. I knew it at Cheltenham and I nearly said it, but I'm positive I know it now. Go it's on. Bob Taylor. It is. Oh. Yes. <laughs> it is. I might set the question next week and let someone else have a go. This is you, getting embarrassing. You're just romping it, as I was saying. Before I signed permanently, but I only stayed at the club for two years as I then returned to the club I left to sign for Bolton, which was... West Brom. Indeed. I am West Brom's eighth highest goal scorer in history and considered quite a legend there. And the, and the last clue was, in a total of 77 appearances, I scored 21 goals for Bolton. So, it was obviously quite good for West Brom. Was he actually any good for us? Because I, I obviously don't know him. He was. He, he was an old proper United. old... He scored against United. He did at Old Trafford. It was a one-all draw that day as well. I could be mistaken. Yeah. I think it yeah, might have been. What a piece. He, he was a proper old-school old school centre-half. I'm sure he was about... 31 or 32 when he signed for us in the first place as well. Mm. Um, he wasn't a spring chicken by any stretch, but uh, he was one of Allardyce's cheapo freebies. I'm sure it was around the time of... Uh, was it Rod Wallace we had? I can never remember which, which Wallace brother we signed. Was it Rod or was it Ray? Oh, I don't know. I cannot help you there. <laughs> I think it might have been Rod Wallace. I think it might have been... He was about five foot three and we played long balls up to him all the time and then we signed Bob yeah. Taylor and, and we went on from there. He was a cracking signing. It was Rod Wallace because I remember him scoring a header... And he's he's just off being a legal height to be to be a dwarf, isn't he? And he, he put That's a right, header in, yeah. put a header in from about fifteen yards. What? That's right. How he did he board, score from fifteen yards? Board on a hobbit. How did he score a header from fifteen yards? You can't like say that. It's then... doable. It's I'll try. Doable. I'll try. And, but... I'll dig the goal out and I'll put it. I'll I'll link it to the site. But he definitely scored. It might have been a. It might have been against Blackburn. I might be making that up. But um, I'll I'll find the goal and I'll link it to the site. You should. Yeah. It's definitely doable. I mean, I, I'm sure you've all heard, but when in the under-12s for high school, I scored a penalty area and the halfway line. It's one of the best goals I ever scored for uh, for my, my primary school against, uh, what was it, Lower Croft Primary. So it wouldn't have been about 12, it would have been about 10. But yeah, I had a big head back then, so yeah. unbelievable goal. My dad, unbelievable once claimed, goal. my dad once claimed to have scored a header from a halfway line on a seven-sided pitch. I think it's uh, I think all dads sort of claim they've done <laughs> amazing achievements in football. Hmm. Hey, I'm, well, I'm not denying the legitimacy of your claims. No, no, no. There's definitely there was no, no, no YouTube back in that day anyway, so I can't back it up with any fact. But I'm sure I remember that happening. Hmm. I'm sure I remember that happening. But then again, at my school, some lad claimed that he had a raptor for a pet, and it was going out with Chun Li from Street Fighter. So my memory might not Jesus be uh, might not be what it was. <laughs> there's all there's people like that at every school, I suppose. Good stuff. Well, that's another excellent game, and I'm serious. I might duck out next week, and maybe I'll pose the question instead and give Dan a chance to have a go and uh, give you lads a chance to, to catch up, because this scoreboard that I've got in my head at the moment is quite embarrassing. I think it's like 5-4. Yeah. 
Four nil, five nil, five nil. Now it may be, you know. It Four. might be. It might be. It just, it just goes to show what a misspent youth I had just playing playing championship manager and, and reading blooming football statistic websites and so on. I, I think next time I do it, I'm just going to go haywire and get someone from like the 60s and see if you get that now. <laughs> I wouldn't stand see, a chance. See how good you are then. <laughs> yeah, I really wouldn't stand the chance. But that's great. I uh, appreciate your efforts as usual, Dan and Eddie. Tom, better luck next time, boys. Better luck next time. Right, we'll take another quick break here. It's a question of the week, and we'll be closing the pod, so stay where you are. Back in a moment. All right, we're back for the fourth and final segment of Love Pod 16. Uh, I'm still Chris, he's still Dan, there's still Tom and Eddie. Um, Twitter question this week was whether you've ever flirted with supporting another club. Um, this was set without prejudice, this question. We've all had uh, relatives who've taken us to watch other clubs and obviously maybe not all of us are from Bolton and necessarily have that sort of insistence upon supporting the club. Uh, we'll come to each of you in turn to get your own little story as we go on. We're a bit lazy this week. We only posted the Twitter question once or t- twice, and so there aren't a great number of responses. Um, quite a few responses on the website as well. If you have a look today, Tom put a really good picture, a really good post up about who our closest rivals are at the, this day and age. We give some good arguments for and against the usual candidates. So I recommend you, I recommend you check that out, and we'll talk more about that as we finish. But the, the responses were as follows: uh, Stephen J. Garner at Grandpa Garner responded saying, "Never Bolton born, Bolton bred." Bolton till I die and beyond. So obviously a firm believer in the afterlife or some kind of zombie, <laughs> some kind of zombie state going forward, which you know could be one or two of the same thing, depending on your religious beliefs. Matthew Pryor, the the Matthew Pryor grew up a Liverpool fan. Stopped supporting them in two thousand and three. Think they did something monumental in two thousand and five, but I wouldn't change. Well, I presume by that they mean signing Harry Kuehl. I don't think he mean. I don't think anything else around that kind of time. If memory memory serves. Mm. Maybe they won a match or two. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't sound real. It doesn't sound lost realistic. Lost to Bolton. Lost to Bolton. That's probably what it is. That's probably what it is. I think that would turn anyone back to the right path. Uh, Smithy, IRS underscore eight. I flirted with Spurs, Motherwell, St Mirren and Bradford. Pretty Slack. much whatever random kit my parent could afford. So yeah, obviously Smithy's a man of loose morals there. He's quite happy to go along with whoever gets his uh, gets the kit off his mum and dad. I know from, from my own situation, my... Uh, being born of uh, Farnworth and Salford stock, it was either United or Bolton. I used to go to watch either on uh, on occasionally on, on alternate weeks, depending on how rich my uncles were feeling at the time. And uh, when I got to about ten, they made they sat me down and made me choose, and, and I chose Bolton. So regretted that ever since. Yeah, I think I think it was the uh, the playoff final against Reading that was my first the first time that I ever kind of said to everyone that I, I think I want to support Bolton because naturally I thought that every season involved the trip to Wembley. Every match would be as exciting as that one. Lo and behold, here we are, 20 odd years later. We haven't got a clue what we're doing with ourselves. And we support a team who, chances are, we're not going to get back to play Man United again in the next 25 years. But that, that's my tale. Uh, Dan, we all know that you started supporting Bolton about a fortnight ago. But how did you come to do that? Well, <clears throat> I've said this story many times. I've wrote about it, obviously, on site. You can go and have a gander if you so wish. I've uh, got a lovely picture of Roy Keane on the front because he was one of my favourite players when I was a United fan I suppose because I never like I never really liked football as a like really sm- small child but then as I grew into it my dad and the rest of my family were United fans so they had all the VHS tapes of like the 90s teams and so Cantonac and Chelskis, Sharp, you know Keane, Skulls they're all like my favourite players from growing up and stuff. Very fine players. Exactly I. 
I remember Kanchelskis was always my favourite because he just. I remember seeing the tape. I think he scored a hat trick against Man City in the derby in a five-one. He did. And yeah, I just remember that. He just had a cool name as well. One of, one of the first like Yugoslavic slash Ukraine players in the Premier League as well, or something. I don't know. Yeah, he was. There's a very interesting story if you've got time on your hands to check out the uh, the links between him and the Russian mafia on Wiki- on his Wikipedia page. I recommend doing that in your spare time. Yeah, may well do, but yeah, basically then. So I was like always a United follower, so to speak, but but never really cared for football that much. But as I said, wanted to watch it and stuff. Obviously, United season tickets are quite expensive and there's quite a long waiting list, so we couldn't really get them there. So my dad, fair play to him, who we went watching one Bolton game because the. Um, me mate who went was on holiday, so I had a spare ticket and let us go to the first game against Tottenham when Campos scored. And oh, I really, and I really liked it. Then, and my dad, you know, let because we couldn't get his season tickets at United, let you know, bought me and my brother half season tickets at Bolton. You know, despite him having other ties, and I've, he's been pretty much converted to a Bolton fan now. And my first, my first game as on that season ticket was against Liverpool when Campos scored again, and of course Gary Speed we beat him two 0 So ever since that day, really. Been Bolton fan, been cursed to be a Bolton fan. Well, we've all got our crosses to bear. Tom, how did it come to pass for yourself? Was it a family thing? Was it optional? How did you get into it? Um, well, my mum's my side are all United, but not proper United. You know, they wouldn't go to the games. But my, my dad just was having none of it. Um, I think I had my first season ticket in the Lever End at, at four and cried every Saturday because it was too loud. I had absolutely no option whatsoever I was going to be a Bolton fan. Uh, not much has changed then in the, in the, the, the preceding years. <laughs> yeah, it's not the noise anymore, it's the quality of what I'm watching. Correct. Fascinating stuff. Everyone's got a story, it's always good to know. Uh, you, of course, you used to start in the lever end when you were a little nipper and you'd work your way towards either side, depending on where you were. Where you were. Playing the little games of football with a can of pop at the, down at the bottom of the lever end, I think we've talked about that before. Um, yes, but but Eddie, your formative years as a Bolton fan, I mean, uh, I can't say I'm, I'm too familiar with uh, with your story, but do you want to give it us anyway? Uh, yeah, I was basically born in uh, in a Bolton shirt, um, so I, I've had no choice really of supporting any other team. I mean, and my dad always said, he, uh, I know where the door is if I've ever tried flirting with any other team. <laughs> Good man. Fair enough. No-nonsense household. Fascinating stuff. Well, we're going to make that the Twitter question for this week. Um, because I think it's got a bit of mileage. Uh, sorry, what am I talking about? No, we're not, because that was a Twitter question last week. The Twitter question this this week is going to be relating to, uh, to Tom's excellent piece today about Wanderers and our nearest rivals. So we want to keep it nice and short and sweet, but we'll tweet this out more than once this coming week to give you a chance to, uh, to respond. But want to know who you consider to be our present-day rivals. Obviously, historically, we've had the likes of United, West Ham, Blackpool, Bury. Tranmere, teams like that, but I want everyone's individual opinion. In, in your, you know, who do you think Wanderers' main rivals are as of today? And you can justify it however you want, and we will make sure that we read the best of the ones next week. In regards to the uh, the Twitter question from this past week regarding the other other teams that you've been involved with, there's some really good stories on the Line of Vienna Suite site as well regarding this. So just make sure that you, you check that out. Um, plenty of good stories from the likes of Chris Merrill's, The Wandering Wanderer, Ali Mud, and White Smurf. All uh, very Grateful for your contributions, lads. Far too long to be read out on here, but uh, do go onto the site and read them. Okay, so I think on that basis, lads, I think we'll, we'll call it a night. It's uh, it's pushing on for half past ten. I want to watch the end of Series 2 of Game of Thrones. I've just got one episode left to go. That bit where he set that river on fire, Dan, bloody hell, that was good. You know, I've actually <laughs> I've actually just been re-watching them this week at work because I've had so much free time. It's just so, so good because obviously Season 5 ended. I've been having some cravings, so I've gone back and watched it. It's, it's well, very, very, very good. Uh, yeah, 
I can't believe I don't. I can't believe more people don't talk about this program. It's just sort of snuck up, snuck up on me. <laughs> I, out think, of I think we're past the spoilers of season two. So did you enjoy the vaguely as you can? Did you enjoy the Battle of Blackwater episode? Nine? I, I did. I absolutely loved it to death. I mean, I'm just starting to, to realize who people are now and recognize yes. the names. It's, it's taken me like twenty episodes to sort of understand who these people are. But no, I'm a big fan of uh, of the Dragon Lady. Big Daenerys, fan of the Dragon uh, Lady. You, you won't be. Yeah. I'm a, She's big, stuck. big fan of of the, the meddling dwarf. I think he's ace. Yep. Tyrion. Tyrion. Yeah. Tyrion. He's 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 quality. And I'm a big fan of of that dirty snake, Joffrey. He's a dirty snake, that boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, he is. He is. The, no, I'll tell you the best. Though, the best are Varys and Cersei. Cersei's my absolute. She's my queen. Let's get saying that much. <laughs> Lena Headey's good in everything. So thank you, everyone, for listening to uh, to Game of Thrones Love Podcast 16 tonight. We recommend that you uh, you check out our back catalogue and, of course, give us a review and rating on uh, on iTunes. Don't forget you can follow us at Line of Yenesty on Twitter. Still no idea who Steve is. And I'm, uh, I'm really oh, sorry. I want to apologise in advance for those who've tuned in specifically for the Love Dog, um, but he's not here tonight. He either. did. He was before. Did you hear him? Really? Well, he, why didn't you get him in? Why didn't you get him in? We've got nothing you, to talk about tonight. You, get him he in. started back in when you mentioned the green Bolton shirt as your worst shirt, so that's that's his opinion. I don't know if it picked up on the microphone, but he's, he's oh, certainly I made didn't. appearance. Oh, go on. What, what's the love dog's name? You might as well tell us. I've, I've um, been asked this by a couple of people. Oh, I'm serious. It's um, Jack, and he's blind, and diabetic, <laughs> okay. and, diabetic like, and going deaf, and he has right. skin problems, and he's a, he's a bit of a shackle to get yeah. a dog, really, but yeah, that's the story. I'm, might write it up, the story of the love dog and stick it on set. Yeah. Why not, eh? Bit like, <laughs> bit like Daredevil, fantastic. Well, uh, uh, I'm, uh, uh, <laughs> well, once again, I've been Chris uh, uh, at 90manning83 on Twitter. Come and say hello if you want. Uh, Eddie, thanks for joining us tonight. It's been an, an excellent day. I hope you've enjoyed it. Where can people find you on the internet if they want to talk Wanderers or anything else with uh, you? Yeah. On Twitter, I'm at Eddie Skelly. Eddie Skelly, brilliant. It's a great uh, last Tom? Name, it's it a great... is, it's perfect. Eddie Skelly. It flows so beautifully. <laughs> it, fio- it flows beautifully. Tom, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me at Down the Manny Road, uh, road as always, as uh, in RD. First, you know, initially when, when we started corresponding about this, I thought you, your name might have been Rod and you were making some kind of like alluding <laughs> to that with the Down the Manny Rod. I'm not saying the line of Yenesty. I thought I thought it was a bit of a slam, to be honest with you. First of all, but uh, I'm glad to hear that uh, that it probably is actually after all. Dan, where can we find you? As you should know by now, at Mbroski. Come and say hello. Brilliant. Well, thanks everyone for attending. Uh, we'll be back next week. Probably try and drag a bit more out of the absolute bones of what's been going on in Bolton Wanderers world. Uh, we you'll find us same back next week. Yeah, of course. New kits, new fixtures, a, 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 you know, a, a sort of whole raise of new signings as well we can bring it in so look forward to that hopefully next weekend there'll be no no delays and we'll get it out at the usual time but yeah so same bat time same bat channel see you on the flip side all kinds of little catchphrases like that and uh, thanks for listening see you next week bye